Good morning, Christ Central Church. It is so good to be here with you. If this is uh, your first time here or if you're visiting friends or family for Labor Day, welcome. We're so glad that you are here. My name is Emilio. I get to serve as the youth ministry director here at Christ Central. And it's truly an honor just to be here with all of you. And I do want to take just a minute to say thank you. Thank you for the way that you have welcomed and loved me and my family from the second we got to Durham. We have been blessed and we are excited to call Christ Central and to call Durham our home. Last week, uh, Pastor Daniel came up and he closed our series on the book of Proverbs. And if you've missed any of the sermons, I cannot encourage you enough to go on YouTube and check them out as, as Pastor Daniel and Evan did an amazing job of guiding us through the book of Proverbs, talking about wisdom in work and sex and anger, friendship and the tongue. And next week, Pastor Daniel's gonna come back up. He's gonna kick off a new series that we're calling Signposts, a, a series where we're gonna walk through the gospel of John. And I can't be more excited because that is one of my absolute favorite books in the Bible. But this Sunday, one-off Sunday, you get the youth guy. So, if you have your Bible, I want to go ahead and invite you to turn to Luke chapter 19. Uh, we're going to be in verses 1 through 10. If you're able to, go ahead and stand as we read God's Word together. Luke writes, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can go ahead and have a seat. This is a, a very well-known passage of Scripture. And while we might not be able to spell his name, we know his name. Zacchaeus is a very well-known person in the Bible. Maybe uh, you're like me and you grew up in Sunday school and you sang the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. That's the only time I'll sing today, I promise. But I believe that this is also true that one of the reasons we know Zacchaeus, that we know this story, is because for many of us, it's our story. We can relate to Zacchaeus because while we may not be climbing a tree, we are hiding, hiding from Jesus, hiding from the crowd, hiding from the church, hiding from friends, family, from loved ones, hiding because we don't think we're good enough, we're hiding because we don't think we are worthy enough, we're hiding because we think we are unlovable. And we believe hiding is the only thing we can do all the while desiring nothing more than to be seen. We want to be seen. 
This morning, my points, which double as my prayers, are simple. That we walk out knowing that one, we are seen. And two, that we are called to see. Let me pray. Father, this morning, would you use your word to draw us to you? Would you remind us that you see us and that you love us and that you know us? We pray this in your name. Amen. We want to be seen. I want to be seen. I've wanted to be seen my entire life. In high school, I I, I attended a Young Life Club uh, and was immediately hooked, not because of the games that were played, not because of any message that was given, but because when I walked through that door, every single leader knew my name, and I felt seen. And it wasn't until years later that I realized that the reason they knew my name was because they had been praying for me by name for a long time. There's something powerful in feeling seen. Now, to be fair, the reason that they were praying for me is because I was kind of a punk in high school. <laughs> now, I, I, I grew up going to church with my family, but nothing about my life said that this guy, that Emilio, knows Jesus. In fact, I was, I was this punk, and, and that would get me in trouble in school, but it would also sometimes get me in trouble with my peers. My freshman year, I don't want to brag, but I will. I was captain of the soccer team, the junior varsity soccer team. And we would, every day we would scrimmage against the varsity guys. Now, at this point in the story, there's three things that you need to know. The first one is this. I have been this height, five foot ten and three quarters, since my freshman year. And so we would practice against these seniors, against the varsity, and I was like eye to eye with these guys. And in my head, we, I was just as good as, as they were. And so I just ran my mouth over and over and over again. Second thing you need to know is that the seniors on the varsity were the popular guys at my high school. And so not only could I see them eye to eye, but I thought we were friends. And so I thought me talking trash wasn't good fun. And it turns out I was wrong. (laughs) Because the third thing you need to know is that at my high school, we had a big hazing problem. Now hazing uh, was a more socially acceptable way of bullying in the late 90s. And I had put myself in the crosshairs of the senior class of 1999. I remember this, this one day, uh, I was at lunch in our courtyard sitting with my friends and, and the seniors came out, seven of them, and, and they gathered around a trash can. And they called my friend Matt. Matt was the co-captain of the JV team. And they say, Matt, come here. And he walks over there and they say, Matt, get in. And so he does. He gets in and then the seniors let him out. Then... They call my friend Kirk. Kirk was the starting goalie on our team. He was more of a fighter than Matt. But they call uh, Kirk up and he walks to the trash can and he says no. And they physically pick him up and throw him in the trash can. And me being the friend that I am, this defender of justice, was laughing hysterically because my best friend was in the trash can. But then it dawns on me that we have seven minutes left of lunch. Plenty of time for one more freshman to be put in a trash can. And so I begin trying to sneak out of the courtyard and I hear my name, Emilio. Now, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina. There was not another Emilio for a 30 mile radius. (laughs) 
but I pretended there were, so I'm still just walking slowly. Emilio Hood, Bradley, our communications director, let me know this past week that I'm one of five Emilio Hoods in the world. <laughs> so I walk over to the trash can, as I do, hundreds of my peers have now gathered around this trash can because they have heard that freshmen are getting put in. And as I'm walking over there slowly, I'm having to decide, what am I going to do? Am I going to get in like Matt, or am I going to fight like Kirk? And so around all my peers watching the seniors say, Emilio, get in. And I look them right in the eye, and I say no. And they do nothing. And I think I have won. I have deceived the seniors. I have set my place at Dreer High School. And then they part like the Red Sea. And here come the three biggest football players at my high school. Ron Hood, who's not related to me at all. Jamal Peeler, who would end up playing D1 football. And the guy whose name, I don't know, we just called him Big Nasty. <laughs> and Big Nasty said, get in. And I look him in the eye just like this. And I say, yes, sir. <laughs> and so I get in to this trash can and thinking I'm going to get out, the seniors now come back together and they say, oh, no. Now we want you to sing the classic Disney song, Akuna Matata. <laughs> so there I am in a trash can singing the Disney classic in front of my whole school and the bell rings and my peers, my friends, well, now they're laughing at me, pointing at me mocking me, and I've never in my life felt more embarrassed or more alone. And then I hear my name called one more time, and this time is Joe Mosser. Joe Mosser was a senior, and he was actually the senior who I wanted to be when I grew up. He was captain of the varsity team. He was all-state, north-south. He would play D1 at the Citadel, and on top of that, he drove the nicest truck in our school. So Joe calls me over to himself, and I'm like, what is next? And Joe puts his hand on my shoulder and says, Emilio, it happened to me too. You're going to be okay. On this day where I wanted to hide and maybe even live in a trash can, I walked out head held higher because Joe Mosser saw me and called me to himself. In the text we read this morning, Zacchaeus has a similar encounter, but instead of Joe Mosser, it's with Jesus Christ. So let's jump back into the text, beginning in verse 1. It says that he, talking about Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. But he was about to pass that way. Jesus was passing through Jericho, this great city, this oasis in the desert, on his way to Jerusalem. Because not long after this, Jesus, riding on a donkey, would enter into this great city. This crowd praising him, saying, Hosanna in the highest. Days later, he would be arrested and abused. That same crowd now shouting, crucify him crucify him. And Jesus is walking through Jericho, and this crowd is following him. Why were they following him? Well, because Jesus has spent the past three years doing ministry. And this crowd 
had heard the stories, the rumors. They'd heard about the miracles, how Jesus fed 5,000, how Jesus took the blind and helped them to see how the lame walked, how he cast out demons. They heard how Jesus preached with an authority that was different than the rest. They heard the rumors that maybe this man, this Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior who was going to come and free them from their oppressors. So the crowd followed. And in these verses, we're introduced to a man who actually isn't in the crowd at all. In Luke 19, we meet Zacchaeus. And Luke tells us a couple of things about Zacchaeus that help us learn why he wasn't in that crowd. One, that Zacchaeus is not only a tax collector, but he is the chief tax collector. And tax collectors were absolutely hated back then chief tax collectors more than the rest. Hated because they worked for the Roman Empire, this empire who was oppressing them, this empire whom the Jews would have thought Jesus was coming to free them from. These tax collectors worked for them, hated by their brothers, disowned by their fathers, but they were protected by Rome and they were rich. Rich not only because they worked for Rome, but because, as we learn from the text, they, or at least Zacchaeus, stole. The second thing that Luke tells us is what I sang about earlier, that Zacchaeus was small in stature. He was indeed a wee little man. And because of his physical stature, and I believe because of his social stature, Zacchaeus, who like everyone else had heard about Jesus, who like everybody else wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus, climbs a tree. But not just any tree, he climbs a sycamore tree. Luke tells us this, and I believe it's important because remember that Jericho is an oasis, and at this time of the year, this tree would have been blooming. It would have been beautiful and lush. Not only a great place to to climb, to look over the crowd and get a glimpse of Jesus, but a great place to hide from him and others as well. Here's a man hiding in a tree because of who he sees himself as, the short tax collector that nobody likes. I don't know where you are today. I don't know how you've walked in this morning thinking or feeling or believing about yourself, but I'm willing to bet that for some of us, like Zacchaeus, we are hiding. We're struggling with pain and stress, anxieties, hurt, insecurities, Maybe we've come in this morning with a marriage that is seemingly falling apart and we're hiding behind a fake smile and the Christian cliche that we're doing pretty good. Maybe you've come in this morning feeling like you aren't loved by others so you hide behind social media. You hide behind your followers and your likes and you're willing to post whatever you need to to get more of those. Maybe you've come in hiding behind countless hours at work, not because you're striving for excellence or ambition like Daniel preached about last week, because you, but because you believe your identity, how you are seen by others, is determined by what you do. You're hurting, and yet, and yet here you are this morning at Christ Central. I believe, hoping, like Zacchaeus, to get a glimpse of Jesus. In R.C. Sproul's commentary on the book of Luke, 
He mentions Zacchaeus' stature and occupation as, as reasons as why he hid in the tree. But he also mentions another, I believe, more powerful reason. One that I want you to hear as well as I believe that is just as true for us as it is for Zacchaeus. Here's what Sproul says. There was a more significant reason for Zacchaeus to have been in the tree. It wasn't necessarily so that Zacchaeus could see Jesus. Rather, it was so that Jesus could see Zacchaeus. According to his human nature, Jesus had probably never before laid eyes on this little man. However, according to his divine nature, Jesus not only knew Zacchaeus, but he knew him from the foundation of the world. Jesus knew Zacchaeus. Jesus saw Zacchaeus. And the truth is, he knows you too and sees you. Here's what happens when Jesus sees Zacchaeus. Luke writes in verse 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus is there, hiding in a tree, watching Jesus walk towards him. And then this powerful moment happens right below him. This moment where Jesus sees him, and not only sees him, but essentially commands Zacchaeus to get down from the tree and to invite him into his house. Often when, when I spend time in the Word, in particular when I spend time in the Gospels, I love to put myself in different people's shoes. And when I read Luke 19, I often put myself in the shoes of the crowd. The crowd that was following Jesus, because again, they're following because they've heard the stories. They've heard about the miracles. They've heard about the teachings. They, they believe that maybe this man is who the prophets wrote about. And you're following Jesus, and suddenly, for seemingly no reason, he stops. And I imagine my heart would be pumping. I would get excited, believing that I'm about to see something incredible happen. And I would be looking around to see if there was a blind man, to see if there was a leper, to see if there was somebody in need, something that needed to be healed, someone that Jesus could do an incredible work with. And then Jesus stops and he calls Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the man hated by the town, the man too short to look over a crowd, the man who's actively trying not to be seen is all of a sudden seen by Jesus so what does Zacchaeus do? Well, he does exactly what Jesus commands him to do. Luke writes that he heard and he came down and received him joyfully. So Jesus stops and sees Zacchaeus and calls him by name. Says, I must stay in your house today. And so Zacchaeus comes down filled with joy that Jesus, the Son of God, would talk to him. I believe it's important right now to notice what Jesus does not say to Zacchaeus. Jesus does not tell Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house, but before I do, I need you to change your ways. I need you to change everything about you. I need you to stop stealing. I need you to quit your job. I need you to quit sinning against your brothers and against my father. No, Jesus simply invites Zacchaeus to come down, which he does. So again, here's my first point, that we are seen too often you and I hide because we don't think we're good enough. Too often we make a decision to not come to church or to not come to the table, to not come to Jesus because we believe we aren't worthy. Too often we hide until we think we can get our lives together. But Jesus does not call you and I to get our lives together. He simply calls us because he sees us exactly where we are as we are. Zacchaeus came down the tree 
But when he came down, he was still short in stature, and he was still the chief tax collector who has seemingly wronged much of the town. But he, he was exactly whom Jesus was walking through Jericho to see. And Jesus did not care what the crowd thought. He heard the grumblings. He heard the whispers. He heard the questioning. But salvation had already come, and it came to Zacchaeus. Salvation came when Jesus saw him and called him by name to himself. See, something powerful happens when you feel seen and called. Something miraculous happens when Jesus sees you and calls you. And here's Jesus' response to the grumblings that he heard. He's speaking to Zacchaeus for the crowd to hear. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came through Jericho to see Zacchaeus because Jesus' purpose is to seek and to save the lost. Going through Jericho to Jerusalem because his purpose was to die on the cross, to seek and to save the lost. And the good news of the gospel is that what is true of Zacchaeus is true for us as well. That if you are hiding, stressed, anxious, feeling unworthy or unlovable, if you are a sinner, which is every one of us in this room this morning, you are seen by Jesus. You are seen, and I believe it is very possible that you're being called to come to him. You don't have to change who you are. You just come. And the truth of the gospel is that for those whom are his, the lost, he came to seek and to save. Then Jesus does a work in our hearts. Paul writes in Romans 8.30, he says that, and those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he glorified. Jesus, who sees you and calls you, does a glorifying work in you. Zacchaeus was seen and called and came down, invited by Jesus to go into his home, invited him, Jesus invited him into his life, and then after Jesus sees him and calls him, then he gives back four times what he had taken. See, for you and I, I believe if we joyfully come down from hiding and allow Jesus to do an amazing work in us and through us, I believe then, then we will see the spiritual, the social, and the cultural renewal in our own lives and the lives around us just as we pray for here at Christ Central. And that leads to my second point and the challenge I want to end with this morning. We are called to see others. My prayer is that we would begin to see others as Christ sees you and sees them. That we would see others like Christ sees them, how he sees the marginalized, how he sees the unlovable, how he sees the unseen. If you're in here and you call yourself a follower of Christ, then the truth is you have a call in your life to look up and to see those around you, to see those around you who may be hiding or hurting in need of help, to call them by name and to love them and to point them towards Jesus. Earlier I told you quick stories from when I was in high school, how I, how I went to Young Life and how I was put in a trash can. Well, the Lord would use Young Life and those leaders who've been praying for me to bring me to himself. And it began because I was seen by those leaders, leaders who would take me to camp where I would meet Jesus, where he would call me to himself. And regarding the trash can story, I shared how it was Joe who saw me with my head down and stepped in a way that I'll never forget. Joe who risked being late, who, who risked being questioned by his peers just to make sure that I was okay. 
And I told you I wanted to be like Joe. And in some ways, my senior year, I was. No, I was not a D1 soccer player. I did not make All-State. I for sure did not drive the nice truck. But I did look out for the freshmen. I looked out for them, not just because Joe had done the same for me, but because I was a new creation and was seeing them the way that Christ did. I no longer saw them as people to be put in a trash can, but people that I could pick up and take with me to Young Life, people that I could pick up and take them to a Bible study, people that I could invest in, praying that they would see and know Jesus. We have a call in our life to love and to see as Christ loves and sees us. So maybe there's someone in your workplace, maybe there's someone in your neighborhood or your dorm, your soccer team, your dance company, maybe there's someone here this morning who needs to be seen. Maybe there's someone in your life who needs to be invited not only to church, but to the feet of Jesus. Do you believe that it's possible that the way Christ will see them and call them to himself is through you. We want to be seen, and we are, by the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and I hope and I pray by one another. Father, thank you so much for this word, your word, your truth, that you do see us as we are, and you call us not to be better, but to love us because you came to seek and to save the lost. Father, we praise you this morning. It's your name we pray. Amen.